0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me on State of the Art Podcast. I'm your host, Meg Zaney. For those of you who are confused, State of the Art decided to expand their niche beyond art and tech and include a variety of topics which have shaped the state of art as we know it today. With this in mind, I've been invited to take over a podcast for the month of March. Uh, we'll be discussing and exploring sex positivity and the art of shaping body politics. Let's dive in. In this episode, with artist Uncle Reezy, aka Marisa Sakili, we talk about sex positivity. Uncle Reezy will share thoughts on objectification, porn, and so much more. Please help me welcome Uncle Reezy. Your work is brazenly loud. You use bright colors and feature people engaging in various sex acts from masturbation to orgies. Your Instagram tagline, which pretty much sums up your feed, What's wrong with assholes, baby? Do you consider yourself a wild and crazy person?
1: Um, well, you know, I think my art is more of like the things that I don't do in person. It's like what's going on in my mind so I don't pull it out in person. But I mean, I guess I am kind of a wild, yes, like a wild card person, but crazy. I'm pretty introverted myself, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, I guess my art is kind of more separate from what's in my head than how I actually act, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely,
0: definitely. Uh, I noticed you sometimes feature men in your art, but is it safe to say that you primarily center around women?
1: Yes, I definitely center around women just because, like, I'm pulling from my own experiences and experiences my friends have told me about, so it's not, you know, it's not very male-inclusive, but that's just because for art, for so long, men have had a voice in it, and it's just kind of like, okay, we're over it. Let's get women and women's experiences in art. Uh, but I always include some just, you know, I mean, some people have sex with men, so <laughs> that's inclusive. <laughs> I do. So I throw them in there, you know, <laughs> to be an honest sexual experience. But they don't really need to be front and center because for so long, they've been the ones doing it all the time, so.
0: that. Totally makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. So, are, so do you think with that said, mm-hmm. like you're sort of like shaping role reversal like hey maybe dude it's not all about you anymore yeah i
1: think just like uh, it's so important to get your experiences out there because from what we see it's always from the male point of view you know like porn's a huge industry that's male dominated and that's people's first experiences with sex a lot of the times is porn so it's like it has this male narrative on it and i think it's really important for women to take that back and share their own experiences um when do you think sex positivity began to surface in your work. Uh, I would say around college time, I had like a sexual trauma that I dealt with, and then I felt very weird about sex after, and it was just something I felt really uncomfortable about, and so to help myself, I just started drawing what was in my head, what I was interested by, fantasies of mine, you know, to get more comfortable with it for myself, so a couple of years ago, I started doing it, and then when I started posting online, people were like, I can relate to this so much, you know, and I got a good feedback from it, so I just kept going on with it. Um can you t-
0: can we touch on your assaults or do you not really um, Yeah
1: uh well um yeah we can I just yeah hmm? I get, I mean I I you don't have to do the, the nitty gritty but I yeah. just I just wonder for people listening
0: like I, like just how you jumped yeah. from like hmm? and maybe it's not even talking about the story but yeah. more so like what I was
1: doing before versus, like, how I'm doing sex stuff now.
0: Well, yeah, but, like, what was it that, like, triggered that in you? Was it, like, did you feel caged before? And then that's when you were just sort of, like, Okay, yeah, I can talk about it more. Hey, let's, like, figure this out, like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, because when I got to college, it was, like, the week before I went to a party and I was sexually assaulted there. And then, so... After that, I just didn't really know how to feel about myself because it was, like, before sex was just kind of something I thought we were all supposed to do, you know. Before, it wasn't that great of an experience either because it's, like, high school sex, you know, where you think you're supposed to do it. It comes after a kiss kind of thing. So I didn't really feel a particular way about it. And then that happened. It was kind of like me taking it back for myself and being like, okay, I own it. I'm going to make it a positive thing and use bright colors and bright imagery and make people feel comfortable about it so they don't feel like how I was feeling after that happened, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, so it was like a big shift because before that, you know, I was drawing just random Cool things, I guess, but not anything explicit. And then after that, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going <laughs> to do it for myself and make it as crazy as I want it to be because it was something that I was so nervous and uncomfortable by. And then once I started drawing, I'm like, it's not so bad. <laughs>
0: so as a kid, were you drawing like rainbows and unicorns Yeah, and stuff? like
1: I remember in first grade, I was drawing Pokemon and selling them for 50 cents to other kids and like just random things like that. Like I was really into Dragon Ball Z, so I tried to draw anime, like one yeah. of those kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just kind of progressed and you know I didn't have any art training so it's kind of confusing how to draw things for a while like I would have all these ideas in my head but didn't know how to execute them and then as I got older I was like I'm just gonna make the time to learn how to draw people so I can get all these thoughts out of my head that's awesome so so yeah. now like
0: and i guess like for the thoughts in your head like where
1: do you get the ideas i don't even know i've had people say like do you take acid before you draw <laughs> things like that and it's just it's just something i see throughout the day and if i don't get it on paper by the end of the day it's just like coming in my mind all the time until i just get it out and like sometimes i take inspiration from like song lyrics or poem lines things like that or sometimes it just hmm, have, like, a fantasy in my head. I'm like, okay, this would make a cool drawing. And even if it's something I don't want to do personally, I'm just like, this would be a cool thing to express, you know. You sort of mentioned... Oh, like that
0: your friends would tell you? Yeah, stuff? just like. like would they uh, tell you their sexual experience? Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, once you get close to other women, it's like it just starts spilling out because it's like, oh, finally I can talk to someone about this. And so I have, you know, with their consent, of course, I'm like, can I draw that? They're like, yes, of course, take inspiration from it. Because if I'm just drawing from my own experiences, you know, it's cool, but it's not so inclusive because I'm just like a skinny, white, blonde female, you know, that's anywhere you look so taking from other people's experiences and be able to express that is I think important because people should be able to see all points of view about it you know not just people that look like me have sex
0: <laughs> yeah so that so then do you also uh, obviously people of color and definitely mm-hmm. definitely different size you also draw like lbgt mm-hmm. community
1: too like yes, I think it like Having queer positive art is super important because that's something that's kind of been like fetishized by porn and making it into a subcategory, even though it's completely normal (laughs) for people of the same sex that have sex. Or for some reason, it seemed more like risque to draw it than drawing like a heterosexual couple. And those experiences need to be shared and just as popular as like heteronormative experiences, you know, because people shouldn't be put into a category. It should be beautiful art as well.
0: I completely agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I love it. And
0: side note, i so I sort of feel, and like the way that I would describe your art, mm-hmm. it's sort of like Rob Zombies art <laughs> meets like there's this really Rad Street artist. His name is Sick Kid. Uh-huh. So I would say that, like,
1: if Rob Zombie and Sick Kids are oh, had sure, a baby, to look it'd a be yours. Then, yeah, but I think it sounds cool. Oh, <laughs> you're actually gonna love it. Okay, I can't yeah. wait to look it up. But yeah, I, Rob Zombie—that's a compliment too. It's just kind of like weirder, grittier, but still, you know, I use those bright colors to make it pretty, so people are like, "Oh, that's aesthetically pleasing." I want to learn more about that. You know, it's like aesthetic activism where people want to change something because they see they're attracted to how it looks, so they want to. Learn more about it if that makes sense. Yeah, you've
0: definitely have removed the propaganda
1: esque from it. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you
0: So, are you into the, like, BDSM world, bondage, discipline, sadism, masculine? Yeah,
1: I think it's all very interesting. You know, I've dabbled into it. I'm not, like, people expect me to be some kind of sex guy because of all this that I display, but it's like, you know, I'm still learning things, and there's always room to grow, so with bondage and stuff, like, I think that's so cool, and I think... You know, you got to keep it spicy, otherwise, you're just going to get bored anyway. <laughs> but I, I'm not that well versed into it, so I don't want to speak too much about it because people are like you're wrong. <laughs> but yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, <laughs> I think you're right, though. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's definitely. Like, a, a learning curve. Yeah, and like, it's
1: important to just keep your doors open because you never you, – you don't want to shut anything out because you don't know how sex is going to feel to you in a year or two and you don't know what you're going to be into and it's completely normal to want to try something else. You know? Yeah,
0: definitely. People think
1: that's such a weird community when really they're probably having better sex than most people because <laughs> they know how to keep it interesting and know boundaries. You know, there's a lot to learn within that community and with just, like, regular sex. It's hard to even get consent these days, you know, it's like the bare minimum, it's hard to get to. And in that community, I feel like they're very well versed in, you know, guidelines and boundaries and things like that. So do you think that like,
0: women should be more involved in kink groups? Like, and, and, like, what's your experience in, in that, too? And, like, going down that rabbit hole of BDSM and kink groups and, and all of that, like,
1: what's – how have you exposed yourself to it? I've taken a couple classes just to learn about it, you know, and there's so – like, that's the good thing about online is that it's great to find communities and even just asking questions so you don't feel stupid, you know, and, like, learn as much as you can about it, Um Oh, kink. We were talking <laughs> We were talking about kink and I yes. and how did you go down the rabbit hole? Yes. If you went
0: down a rabbit hole. yes. Yeah, so I've just
1: been like learning more and more about it and it's super interesting and I think women should be more involved in it because, again, it's just like taking back our sexuality and making it more feminine friendly, you know, more geared towards what we want rather than like from the male perspective of what they want and so there can never be more... An- there can never be enough women in any community,
0: <laughs> you know it's interesting. I had a conversation the other day mm-hmm. with someone, so I'm bisexual, so all the mm-hmm. porn that I usually watch is women on women, and um, I was speaking with someone that that w- was straight. she was straight, mm-hmm. and she's like, there's just not enough first person women porn out there. No, there's like, really not. And that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. I like, oh, wow. I, so can someone out there in the world get on, Please. like, making more porn <laughs> to, like, Please. point into women? Because like women. there's
1: definitely, like, corners of the internet where you find that stuff. But as far as mainstream porn, like, you know, when you go to Pornhub, the front page, it's just, like, women and sex garbage cans. And it's just, like, <laughs> it's not, you know, it's from the male perspective, really. And it's just getting kind of in a weirder and weirder place uh, in the mainstream because they just want people to be addicted to it and so they're taking it to weird levels and it's just male dominated still and for as many women that's in the industry you know we really need some more mainstream for women porn where you don't have to like know the certain niches to look it up and stuff like that you know what I mean like yeah I so um
0: masturbation Mm -hmm. (laughs) you I mean and it's kind of fun because like you already touched on that too a little bit about um like, talking with your friends. Mm-hmm. Do you do you talk to, with your friends about masturbating? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, like, a
1: common thing. And it's just nice to have people to talk to you about because it, because, like, you don't want to tell, you know, your boyfriend or your partner, like, oh, I masturbated today. Like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but when you tell your women it's like, what did you use? What did you watch? Oh, you have to check out this video. And it's just kind of, like, nice to know that it's a normal thing for women to do as well, you know. It's so normal. It's so normal. <laughs> people like, don't stress that enough. You know, they talk about about when teenage boys are growing up it's so hard for them to control themselves and stuff and then for women it's like they don't even get any recognition for wanting to learn about themselves you know it's just an untouched subject growing up and then that carries over when you're older and it's just kind of like a weird taboo still
0: well yeah but that's also it too is like i feel like women are sort of not supposed to be, yeah. like, right? Like, there's still, like, do you think that there's still this like underlying thing where it's like, oh, women don't do that?
1: Yeah, it's like women don't poop or something weird. It's just like we're human beings too, and we have our own libido that we're dealing with. And it's just such a weird myth that somehow got spread that women are these things that are untouched and pure. And, you know, it just goes along with, like, the Madonna whore complex. It's like, you're either a great wife and mother, or you're, like, just a whore. (laughs) And it's like, there's no common ground in media. But it's just, we're normal for wanting to masturbate. Do you consider your art pornographic? Yeah, because I think some people, you know, it makes them uncomfortable. And I guess because it's explicit. But It's hard for me to say just because I'm the one that makes them. To me, it's just totally normal. Like I would see them be like, (laughs) nice. Like not even (laughs) bad an eye to it. But most people are like, eyeball anal beads. What are you doing, you crazy woman? You know, and I'm like, oh, is that weird? I don't know. Because it's just uh, when you're just non-judgmental when it comes to sex, that stuff doesn't really seem like a big deal to you. But I do understand because before I started making that art, I was uncomfortable by it. And so I do understand where people are like, I don't really want to see that you know I don't feel like attacked if people want to censor my stuff on Instagram because it's kind of like well I see where you're coming from you might not want to see that today but don't report me (laughs) yeah I guess do you get a lot of hate on your Instagram? Uh, Luckily I don't have like a huge following which is kind of nice just because all my followers know what they're getting into so they don't report me for it but I think if you're bigger you know you show up on people's explore pages and stuff and people are like ew report and it's like I don't really deal with that because I don't think I'm big enough. But I, on Facebook, I've gotten locked out a couple times. I haven't locked out of Instagram, of course. <laughs> you know, not to say I don't get the reports. Yeah, for like, you know, it's like my vaginas aren't even realistic looking. They're just like two <laughs> little slits or sometimes a little bit more, you know, to be more realistic. But they're still like cartoony parts and I still get reported, which is kind of. Especially considering what they allow, you know, racist things or dog fights on Facebook. You know, they let that slide, abuse, and then it's just like a cartoony pussy. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> you cross the <laughs> line. You cross the line. But I do see when people, you know, unfollow me or something because of it. But when they report it, it's just kinda like, Okay, come on, I'm trying to make a living here. Can you not report it? Hmm? Do you also welcome that kind of I mean, not like the hate piece
0: mm-hmm. of it, but do you do you like welcome the shock
1: factor or yeah. embrace it? Yeah, I am. Bra- I guess I'm like empathetic to it. Like, I get why it'd be shocking to people, but that's not what I set out to do. I don't want to shock people and have like sex still be a shocking thing. I just want to make it aesthetically pleasing, so people are like, okay, that's kind of cool. That's kind of pretty. Like. This makes me feel kind of warm even though they're getting tied up. I don't know. <laughs> but it's just like uh I don't want to set out to make sex shocking at all, but I know that it's inevitable some people might find it shocking just because of the content. But I don't know. Do you have people reach out to you
0: ever and and go, "Hey, that position mm-hmm. that you posted like is that a real thing or how do I introduce this to my bedroom or like-
1: unfortunately I don't get like a lot of questions like that I do get a lot of messages from people saying like hey I really like your art you make me feel more comfortable about myself I'm like, nice that's what I'm setting out to do uh, but nobody's really been asking questions about sex and stuff which I wish they would because it's like okay find out more you know <laughs> you like the image so can you ask me questions go ahead but yeah, nobody really reaches out like that. And I really am lucky where I don't get a lot of hate for it either. Like, I don't get mean messages because I'm so sensitive. Who knows how I take it? Because I just want to make people feel good. So when people feel bad, I'm like, oh, no, i failed. But, you know, it's not for everyone. That's good, though. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad you haven't gotten any Yeah, hate. I don't get many DMs, really. Sometimes I get, like, random ones about bugs because I do pest control. I get, like, DMs about, how do you get rid of bad bugs? More than I get sex questions, which is like, okay, well – this is how but did you see my art (laughs) but yeah um what do you think
0: about or or how do you feel about the label sex object
1: uh i hate it you know because it's just like uh nobody should be nobody's purpose should be for someone else's gaze you know when you're objectified it's just, it takes away that special element of owning yourself. You know, it's like coming from someone else's perspective of you and how they feel about you. And to be objectified, it's like, uh, I would just rather have people take their own experiences and own them rather than you know, it coming from someone else's perspective because that can be dishonest, or you know, it can be incorrect. And when it's your own experience that you're betraying, it's much more honest and authentic, and people can relate to it. But when you objectify it, it's like hard to relate to that because it's just someone else's weird opinion of you. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely.
0: And and let's let's kind of touch on that a little bit more in terms of like like the traditional art and male gaze imposed on women's bodies. Mm. What is the difference between, I mean, and this is, like, is there a fine line objectification, appreciation,
1: and then sex
0: positive?
1: Yeah, I think there is a fine line because really when I'm drawing experiences that aren't my own, it kind of becomes a thing of like, okay, I don't want to take someone else's experience and make it mine. And I think when men are doing that, making art about women's body you know they're making their experience their own view and it's like it's not from the woman's point of view so it's not correct and uh, I'm losing my train of thought objectification yeah, Obje- yeah. <laughs> and um, there is a fine line and I'm not really sure where it's crossed I just know that if you're not explaining your own experiences it's not really an authentic art piece but yeah. And when it's coming from a man, it's just like, I'm just so sick of it. <laughs> it's just so old and dated. And it's just not only art's coming from a male perspective, but, you know, advertise. It's so ingrained in our society of what women should be because of the male perspective. So when they're drawing women in art, even today, it's just like, oh, come on. There's so many women artists out there at this point where – they should have more success because they're explaining their experiences, and guys just seem to still get on with it. Do you think we should
0: flip it? I mean, because what's what's the opposite of that? It's like the female gaze. I mean, should we? Should female artists? Uh, I mean, start all drawing male, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I mean. What, like, where is this – like, how, like what's the – like, yeah, turn know- the world upside down? I mean, are we – are
1: we you know, it doesn't need to be a tit for tat, but, right. you know, like – I mean, I would be down to see some women's perspective on the male thing just because it's not, you know, so easily done or it hasn't been done in history. Like, in art history, we're just learning about male artists after male artists. It would just be kind of cool to see a woman's take on it, not that it would be – I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, but, like, let's, like, talk about your art and that because mm-hmm. that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, would you say that you're objectifying women or do you think that it's more of an
1: appreciation? Like, where do you toe oh, that yeah, mark in between mean. the three? Yeah, well, you know, I could be biased to say I'm just appreciating and then <laughs> yeah, a critic absolutely. could say, oh, well, you're objectifying me. You know, so it's kind of like a sketchy line. I would like to think it's more of appreciation because it's like, I'm only doing it so other women can feel comfortable with their experiences, rather than some artists might be doing it to exploit people or to, I don't know, or they just they know that having women in their art is going to make them money, stuff like that. It's like I don't come from a place of that at all. I just want people to feel okay with themselves. I think you know I would never like want to exploit anybody for art and I think that happens a lot so you'd say that you're taking the the like the femme
0: ownership mm-hmm. of the male case. yes uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah I mean I definitely sense? well just as I spectate and I'm, mm-hmm. I view your art and just the emotion that I get from it mm-hmm. I don't take away the it's an objectification. Yeah, like,
1: okay. <laughs> Thank
0: you. I'm like... I, I look at the at some of your mm-hmm. images and go oh yeah that could be me <laughs> yeah
1: exactly and you know I've never really got anyone saying like hey you're exploiting this experience or anything but I also don't go too far in other people's experiences like I just try to do the things that I can relate to and stuff and I think there's other artists out there who represent like you know disabled people having sex better or, like queer sex better because that's what they're doing and I really just try to use my own experiences or close people to me to experience better rather than like exploit someone else's because there's definitely artists out there that can do that better than I can you know yeah definitely um so I guess
0: on that sort of um in terms of like labels and like feminist and Mm. feminism and those words sort of seem to be associated with both positive and negative feelings Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um what are your
1: take so what's my take on like feminism the word the action mm -hmm. the feeling the being my take is i gotta think about this one Like, hmm, feminism. Because, you know, I get boxed in with feminist art all the time. Not that it's a box in but, you know, as a woman artist, you're just automatically somehow Same. a feminist. No matter totally. what you're drawing, it's just like, oh, woman artists, they're doing feminist art. And so sometimes I don't like to be shrugged off like that because it's just like, yes, I am a feminist, but also don't just push me aside because of that. And it's not women doing that, you know, it's more like people who are like, or women with internalized misogyny. they're like, oh, a feminist art? No, thank you. So it's like, I don't like to get boxed in like that, but it's like, who cares if you're a feminist artist? Like, <laughs> that's just such a it's just a nice title and people take it negatively I guess when really it's just like how could you go wrong with promoting equality for everyone (laughs) you know yeah like what's the downside of being a feminist I understand there's feminists out there who you know there's different types of feminists out there and some people don't like a certain wave of it or whatever but all in all everyone just wants equality and some people believe that feminism or that females have not had the same equality so we have to you know, speak louder in terms of, like, rights and things, and I believe that, too, and so I see where everyone's coming from, but what am I saying? <laughs> am I going off on a No, trail? you're good. Okay. You're totally good. <laughs> so I, you, you
0: definitely, you hit all of my my my, t- my questions, really? my talking points. Oh, I'm sure. like, no, no, it's good, though, because that's the, that was basically, yeah. you know, I, like, I like that you are embracing that mm-hmm. you're being put into that box yeah. of being a feminist artist and like it, it's just really the way that you explained
1: it is very comforting okay yeah <laughs> it's like no. one of those subjects was like i don't want to say something wrong about <laughs> it because i'm so strongly passionate about it you know you don't want to fuck up when you're talking
0: about it yeah no i completely agree <laughs> thank you um so then i guess like identity politics Feminism, sex mm-hmm. positivity, would you lump that
1: all in to be related? I would say it's related only because when you think of the issues facing the world, it's just like climate change would be number one because without the earth, like none of this matters, you know? And then racism, number two, because people are dying out there for literally no reason at all. And then number three, it's like, okay, now we can get more into identity, <laughs> identity politics and, uh, sex-positive art and things like that. And they shouldn't be lumped in together, but I guess I understand why they do because it's just like they're not the most pressing issues of our time. But at the same time, if you don't deal with these issues, they can form into some huge issues. You know, like if you don't feel comfortable with yourself, you're going to start acting on weird ways and worse ways. And it's just all kind of intertwined, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You <laughs> just keep going on tangents, and I'm like, oh, "What am I talking about? Does that make sense?" But uh, so they <laughs> they shouldn't be lumped in together. But I understand why they do get lumped in together. I guess is what I'm um, And then, I mean, I guess like.
0: Like, I don't know, sex positivity though. I guess that's just the weird part. Like, should the term also be inclusive to okay. men? Yeah. And then, like, does that. Then open up
1: everything. I mean, how do you feel? Like, should should it be inclusive to men? I I think it should be just because there's so much going on with men that they don't talk about, and like, of course, it's not up to the women to help them through it, like it always is. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, well, they're not going to do it, and the world would be better if there were more sex positive. So I think it should be inclusive because, you know, there's just things men don't talk about, like I. Like molestation as a child, nobody talks about that, but it's super common and just these things that men carry with them because they feel like they can't talk about it. And I think it's very harmful, not only for themselves, but for the people that they interact with, possible sexual relationships. So I think it's super important to remind them that like, hey, sex positive is a thing for you too. It's okay to have these uncomfortable experiences and be open about it because you're human and there's no right way to be a human being. And I think it's just important to talk through things like that instead of feeling like, oh, sex positive just like a feminist movement, I'm not included, or whatever. You know, because that's so dangerous, that mentality is just so toxic and dangerous. And there's just a lot of issues within male sex that they don't talk about. You know, like porn's kind of a big deal because now there's all these people coming up with porn addictions and things like that. And they don't feel like it's something worth talking about or working through. And really, it's just like you know, it can take over their lives if it's unchecked. So I think it's important to remind men that, yes, you are included. (laughs) And come embrace this with us and let's learn about it together. And also, if you're a woman having sex with a man or a man having sex with a man, you know, it's good to be on the same page as far as sex positivity comes. Like, you don't want to have all these boundaries and things and then have another person not understand them. (laughs) So it's just important to be as inclusive as possible, I think. I think, yeah, I think you kind of
0: hit the nail on the head. We can all learn together.
1: Yeah, because there's so much, like, I don't know about sex, and I'm still constantly learning, especially through talking to people about their experiences and how they have dealt with it. Because I think sexual trauma is way more prevalent than people think. You know, people think with the Me Too movement and stuff, it's just women getting preyed on. But really, it's everyone. (laughs) Like, I think everyone has some kind of bad sexual experience there i completely agree Mm. with that and i think that there's a lot of people that just
0: stuff it down and Mm -hmm. just go you know they just they chalk it up to wait i don't think that was like mm-hmm. sexual trauma, or that was, you know, I don't think I was sexually abused. And so they make light of the situation mm-hmm. and carry on. And then they have this
1: thing that festers inside yes, them forever. Exactly. And just having like those emotions festering inside of you, nothing good can come from nothing that. Nothing good. <laughs> like, it doesn't nothing. go away. No, it doesn't. And it's like the banana peel, just <laughs> gets gross <laughs> and like stinky. It's and, it daily, just... and you slip on it constantly <laughs> and you just don't get it out of the room. And it's like, come on, that banana peel's been there for a while. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: definitely um so uh, we kind of touched on this but maybe Mm -hmm. there's a a bigger picture what are you trying to achieve with your artwork like even just
1: today tomorrow Mm -hmm. next year like what do you want out of all of this I think well when I started all I wanted of it was just to feel better for myself and then when I started sharing it, it was just on Facebook, so it was, you know, years ago, and I didn't know about Instagram, and people really liked it on Facebook, and then they said, oh, it makes me feel more comfortable or interested in this subject, and I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool, and this kept on with the sex-positive art, and then more and more people were like, okay, this is really cool what you're doing, and To get out of it, I just want people to know it's okay no matter what sexual experiences you've had in the past. And I think it's just really important to come to terms with it and move on and grow as a person and think of it in positive light. I know that's easier said than done sometimes, but I think I just want to encourage people to work on that for themselves and to make sure, you know, you have boundaries for yourself and consent with the other person and... If you're into BDSM or anything like that, you know, you're always on the same page with other people. And it just kind of like – I just want to remind people that this should be a healthy experience for everyone because we've all had really bad experiences. <laughs> and it's time to just all be on the same page about it, you know, which is a lot easier said than done. But <laughs> if I can make a small difference in the art that I make – Like, that's all I can hope for, really. And, you know, I have a full-time job, and I nanny, and there's other things going on. So if I don't make a career out of it, that's okay. But it's still something that I'll always be, you know, passionate about. Would you want to make a career out of it? Yeah. (laughs) I would. But, you know, it's just – it's so hard when you're just making rent and, like, trying to pay the bills and stuff. And I'm kind of a passive person, so I have a hard time, like, pushing my art onto people and being persistent about it. But I would love to make a career because how cool would it be to, like, live off – off of what you want to do (laughs) i think you should
0: i think you should just fucking go for it yeah i know i have to like
1: bite the bullet and just put myself out there but that's so hard you know like do you find it hard to just be like hey check out my art absolutely (laughs) it's
0: it's always hard to talk about like one yourself Mm -hmm. and then two to be like
1: Here, here's my baby. I put it on paper. Do you like it? (laughs) Do you, how many likes for this baby I made? It's, (laughs) it's very uncomfortable. But I think, you know, eventually. It'll get better, and I'll be like, I don't care what you think, anyways. I'm gonna put this out there. But right now, I'm. still I on think you stage kind of like, are, yeah. though. Like, <laughs> I guess so. Right now, I'm like, whatever. Check you don't check like that other- box. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you kind of already did that. That's true. I just,
1: you know, to me, it seems so normal. So I'm like, what is everyone talking about? But yeah, you're right. I do have to put it out there.
0: Yeah. No. Ne- next step. Yeah. Um, which I really appreciate. Thank you know, you. I think I think having your art around town yeah (laughs) around the Instagram town and now that I'm like close
1: to LA you know I should really be doing my thing because there's so much happening here and there definitely is mm -hmm. um
0: speaking of Instagram town um you have a link on your Instagram and this is I, I don't like are you
1: tied to the rcmp <laughs> oysters album that's what's my, that uh, that's my boyfriend's album i'm <laughs> <Some laughs> boyfriend promotion in there you know because i uh, i couldn't afford to keep my website on this month, <laughs> so i usually have the link there but i was like i'll just throw your album on there Aww. to promote it <laughs> i listened to it i like liked it, it. yes oh, that's so good he's he's like me where he just like doesn't want to talk about himself and like has a hard time promoting it and I'm like, babe, it's really good. You
0: guys should totally practice talking about your each other's art. Yeah, or we should like your because art to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, easy
1: to talk to, you too, so it'd be like good practice. Yeah. Because he's also like shy about that stuff. But yeah, it's just my boyfriend's album. But it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you. Um wait, so so where do you see yourself in like five years from now? Oh, gosh, it's hard to say because, you know, so much happens in a year. Yeah. Like, I didn't know this would happen. (laughs) But in five years, I mean, I would love to be successful with art and be in some gallery shows. And I really want to start making T-shirts with my designs on them. And, you know, that would be awesome. Five years is hard, though. I would like to live in a bigger city than I do now because I love the desert, but there's not that much going on you know and while I'm young I want to be somewhere where it's popping so I would just like to be successful with what's going on otherwise I would maybe go back to school Yeah? The other alternative, going back to school. What would you do? I would study entomology for bugs because I just (laughs) – when I got into pest control, I'm like, I really like this job. And it'd be really cool to learn more about it. And, you know, the environment's crashing down and bugs play a huge role in it. And it's like 30% of the species are extinct, so it'd be cool to get – involved in figuring out how to save them. But that's like my plan B. (laughs) Plan A is helping people feel better about themselves with my art because that would just be ideal. But it's just hard to get out there
0: to no antimophobia. I think I've seen
1: you put some insects and stuff yeah. in your, <laughs> in your <laughs> yeah your I, art had a, I actually had a bad ginger experience when I first moved to the desert because um, we had a roach infestation in the apartment we lived in. I'd always post stories of the dead roaches for some, you know, it's just like a funny thing. And this guy that I went on one date with, he like messaged me after five roach stories. He's like, I don't want to see you again. And I was like, oh no, you know, my self esteem was like, God, I'm the weird bug girl, but. <laughs> Whatever, my new boyfriend, he embraces it, he loves it, and I love it too. So you should never let someone tell you you're a loser because you're playing dead roaches on Instagram. Who cares? It's do funny. He, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, do you have any projects coming up that you're super excited about? Well, I'm saving up to do some t-shirts, which I'm excited about. Um, you know my image on Instagram the skateboarding guy with three heads? Yes. I want to make t shirts with him first and then do some more art shirts. But t shirts are so expensive to make, so I'm saving up. But once I have enough money, I'm definitely going to sell some t shirts on my website. I'm kinda I want the
0: that. chick
1: with the anal beads. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite t-shirt. too. <laughs> or I, um, even a jacket. Like, yeah. I would totally rock. Yes, and I think it would just be a fun thing to do clothes because. Prints are kind of a luxury. You know, when you have extra money, you're like, yes, I'll buy your art. But T-shirts, is like that can last longer. It's something you can show off easier in pictures and stuff. So I think more people would be into it because I think about what I would want to wear. I never see it. So it's like I should make that. <laughs> so hopefully within like a month, I'll have T-shirts and my website up and running and cool. my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to tell everyone what your website is and your Instagram? Yes. My Instagram is at uncle.reezy.com. And then my website is UncleReezy.com.
0: R-E-E-Z-Y. Yes. Yeah.
1: Reezy. <laughs> um, okay. So
0: fun thing. Do you want to do a couple rapid fire questions? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's sort of like a tradition on state of the art mm-hmm. podcast. And I kind of, I, I dig it. So you down. Let's do it. <laughs> um, favorite color? Pink. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know, you know. That makes me excited. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's weird that my favorite color is black, but it's like everyone thinks it's pink. But, you know, I appreciate the pink lovers. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me, pink-haired lover. (laughs) Uh, Favorite piece of art could be yours or other.
1: Um... Oh, rapid fire uh, my favorite piece well you know I was heavily influenced by Andy Warhol which is such a cliche but it's like the pop art I just love how it pops and he made art very accessible to other people and I love he has a painting of these flowers which I have tattooed here kind of poorly done oh that's cool but I just liked the concept that there's like a really dark grainy background behind these bright colors and it's just kind of like Beautiful things erupt from the darkness, you know. But I hate saying Andy Warhol because it's so cliche, and it's a man. But I'm just gonna do it anyways. <laughs>
0: I also like talking about your tattoo. You you have your he- the head oh, your yeah. do- your
1: your head. Your what do you call that? Do you it's have a re- breezy head? Yeah. The breezy head yeah. on you. Oh. Yeah, I uh, I got that done in New York and by this really bougie place. And it's like my worst one, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Not a shout out to them.
0: <laughs> um,
1: there is one thing
0: though. I forgot to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, this really kind of disrupts the rapid fire questions, but fuck it. Um, you, the, it. Some of your inspiration for your art, you definitely mentioned um, like Renaissance oh, artists, yeah. like, and then like that having that like play. Can you can you speak to that? Yeah, a little bit? like
1: um, that was the one thing I found interesting in, in my art history class in college. It's like the one class that didn't fail because Renaissance art I just thought it was so not gaudy but so beautiful and it just kind of had this concept of the Madonna, you know, the holy woman holding the baby and I just thought it'd be interesting to use the same, like, iconography? Is that the word? Iconography of the halo of all these women doing, like, sexual things. It's just like you don't need to be The Madonna to be holy is like having a great orgasm could also bring you closer to God if you want. I just think it's kind of like a troll thing, you know, to include some religious thing in my art and kind of like a throwback to Renaissance art, which was dominated by men. So it's kind of like, fuck you. (laughs) I'm going to put halos on these masturbating women because why not? It's much holier. Are you religious at all? I grew up Catholic like most people and then just, you know, Once I was on my own, I was like, okay, bye. We weren't, like, religious churchgoers or anything. I remember, like... Getting in trouble in my youth group because I showed up three times, and they were like, "You don't come enough." You know, I was just like, religion. I've always felt out of place about, especially growing up in Tennessee and Arkansas, where everyone's so religious. And I just kind of thought it was a joke because they would just be so mean to other people because of these beliefs. And I just think it's funny to incorporate it in my art because it's like, "Fuck you guys for being so judgmental." Yeah. Like yeah, the most non-judgmental people are having sex, so deal with it. <laughs> They should have the halos. So then would you say that
0: you grew up in a sex-positive household? Yeah, like uh,
1: my mom was always open about it. But as a kid, you know, it's like, oh, mom, stop talking about it. (laughs) And my dad, he was like – He was around until I was, like, eight, and so I didn't really get much of the dad sex talk, if there is such a thing. Oh, my dad was the one that, like... Really? Did he give you, like, a full, like, set you down and... Not...
0: He didn't explain, explain it, but he definitely was like, guys want one thing. (laughs) I'm like, no, but I think he loves me, dad, and... Guys want one. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) I kind of wish I would have gotten that talk because, you know, in high school, you just kind of figure it out on your own. Like, oh, he probably just, you just assume that they want that. And then it's like this weird, not special thing that happens. But my mom was always kind of like a Southern Belle, like, men should treat like a princess kind of thing. And I was more like, okay, but why can't we just split the bill kind of (laughs) thing? Yeah. So I, like, really didn't get much of my interest from them. And no disregard to them at all. Because I know my mom would have talked about it, but I was too awkward to ask. I just kind of like figured things out on my own. And then once I was in college I started learning about things, you know. But when you're in a small town, there's not really many resources to learn about sex because health class is like a joke. (laughs) Right. And I'm sure it still is, even though it's like dire information you should learn when you're really young. but. so I didn't really learn much growing up about it, but I grew up in these, like, small religious towns where that would just be unheard of to talk about it. And maybe that's where some of my interest comes from, too, just having that knot around and then being like, oh, my God, there's a whole world, <laughs> you know? It's yeah. not just this thing that people do to procreate. Whoa. <laughs> Arkansas? <laughs> you taught me wrong. Uh, okay, back to rapid oh, fire yeah. questions. Um <laughs> uh, Favorite meal? Oh chicken strips. <laughs> what a five year old. <laughs> Only oh, chicken strips. But I mean I'm a connoisseur, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, where can you can you tell everyone um, where the in best? In the Midwest, there's like a fast food place called Culver's. Have you ever heard of it? It's no. like a Midwest thing and they have the greatest chicken strips. But I have all these allergies, so it's kind of just nice to make my own and not have to worry about it. But just such a simple dish, you know. <laughs> I feel you on that. So, do you ha- do you accompany fries with it? Of course. <laughs> I like to be extra thirsty after I finish my meal. You know, like really craving some water. You've had some weed, some Adderall, and then chicken strips and fries. It's <laughs> like, mm, I can't talk. <laughs> it's my favorite meal. <laughs>
0: Um, if you could live in any time period, where would you live?
1: Ooh. <laughs> I think now is a good time. Because when you think about rights and, I mean, it's like there's so much shit in the world today, but when you compare it to before, it's like I'm kind of glad where we are now. But also, with that being said, I feel like the 70s would be a pretty baller <laughs> time because it was like civil rights was in the 60s and war protest 60s, and then, War on drugs is like, 80s, so 70s is kind of, like, this cool period of, like, dancing. <laughs> and I hope nobody history checks me on that. They're going to be, like, remember all these horrible things that happened in the 70s? I'm, like, fuck. But it's kind of hard to pick an unproblematic time period, you know? But I think the 70s would just be fun because people we are dancing.
0: <laughs> they also say, like, in the 60s, like, uh, if you remember the 60s, you weren't doing it
1: right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Exactly. Just like, yeah, I'll just live in a haze for a decade. But I don't know. Like, I'm glad I'm here now. But there's a lot going on all the time. And sometimes that gets to be a a little bit much, you know, with the internet and just knowing what everyone's feeling all the time. It's kind of like, I kind of wish I I was in a period where I didn't have to have all this. Because who can handle all that? You know, nobody's set up to handle all this information all the time, and I think it might be nice to go back to where you weren't expected to keep up with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: last question. Um, So, your boyfriend Mm -hmm. and your uncle, Mm -hmm. they switch bodies, and you have to have sex with one of them (gasps) to bring them back. Who do you have sex with?
1: Oh, my God. Uh, My boyfriend and my uncle switch bodies, and I have to have sex. Oh, okay. Well... The weirdest part about this question is <laughs> my mom is dating my uncle now, my dad's brother, so her ex-husband's brother. So now it's like oh, not- Oh, so it's not blood related. No, it is. He's my dad's- Oh, not her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not it's related not to not her, her, her brother. But it's her ex-husband's brother. So okay. So not only is it my uncle, it's like my uncle dad kind of thing. That so would I'm be like, your uncle oh dad. Oh, my God. But I mean, I would have to say whichever soul my boyfriend's body- My boyfriend's in mm-hmm. my uncle's body- is that how
0: your boyfriend is in your your yeah your boyfriend your well
1: yeah your boyfriend's in your uncle's body. God, that's such a hard. I guess I would have to save my boyfriend's soul <laughs> and just deal with it. <laughs> Although I'm cringing through this entire question. Good question to make me uncomfortable. It's a pretty good question. <laughs> but yeah, if you're listening, I would save your soul. <laughs>
0: Awesome. So you're having sex with your uncle. It's Uncle Reezy. <laughs> Here uh, I am. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share before we
1: sign off? Um, Maybe just to call on other artists to, you know, really put their experiences on paper because – It's really important to have as many perspectives as we can on how people have sex because there's just, like I said, there's kind of one block in the mainstream and everything else is like a fetish category, some kind of extra category when really it should all be mainstream if we're going that route and so I would really just say like anyone listening to this if you've had any kind of inclination to do art you should do it and put your own experiences out there instead of like just having me a skinny white mm, able-bodied person you know like you should get out there and make people know that you have sex too I think that's important to have and then you don't get exploited if everyone's just putting their own perspective on it I think it's super important Hell yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry if I rambled. I was nervous. You did you did awesome. Thank you, you so much. You did very well. I very much appreciated our
0: conversation. Me, me so too. thank you. Um thank you all for joining us on this episode of State of the Art. You can learn more about Uncle Reezy, uh Uncle Dot on Instagram. Um follow her, check her out send her love letters um and be sure to tune in next week thanks have fun bye